cool. Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, I feel super honored just by all these people praying for me, um, saying I'm preaching my first sermon and all those things. Um, Dave took half of my sermon away with the introduction. Um, <laughs> not, <laughs> not half of it, but yeah, I'm from Germany. Um, However, interesting fact, I'm actually not German. I wouldn't consider myself as German. My parents are from Poland. Um, so during the communist times, um, they fled from Poland to Germany and to pursue a better lifestyle and um, yeah, to get jobs and that kind of stuff and work quite well. Um, and yeah, it's, it's interesting like, just to be here. And I feel really honored by, um, by Dave and by Tim to just give me that trust um, to speak to you about the Word of God and not sell you anything weird. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I've lived pretty much my whole life in Germany except the last two years, um, almost two years. I've been to church, I think, for maybe 12 years, been a Christian for five years, and when I look into the round here, I think there's people who have been Christian longer than my parents have existed. Um, and, and that's amazing, like, it's also, like, it's super humbling for me just to, just to experience that. Um, and yeah, so we're going to talk about the heart of the king. We're going to jump into the series. Um, I remember just a few weeks or months ago, I was called by Tim and Dave into the boardroom and they offered me to preach and they talked about this series. And I'm like, yeah, you, you're going to do the, the, the seek first principle. And I was like, yes, that's my favorite principle. And so I feel like, again, I feel honored just to talk about the principle because if you ask me to teach you one thing, it would be this principle. Seek first the kingdom of God. Um, and so, yeah, as I said, been a Christian for maybe five years, and I don't know how it's for you, but when you're like a Christian, maybe on, at the beginning especially, you're like on fire. You're like, you just want to do all the things for Jesus. Like, Jesus, where do you want me to go? And then you go there, and you do all those things. And like, okay, okay, Jesus, what do you want me to do now? And you're like really on fire. You love God so, so much that you want to do whatever He calls you to do. But then again, and the reality is that there is seasons when we're not really on fire, when we're not all in for Jesus, we're kind of just trying to figure out where we are with God. And it's as, as if there was this line, um, and we're kind of trying to figure out, okay, God, if I do this, will you bless me now? Is, is this okay? Or, or if I say this, is this considered gossip already? Like, or how much do I have to give to be considered generous? What, can, what am I allowed to watch before others consider me as worldly? Or how much alcohol am I allowed to drink before I'm drunk and before it's a sin? Right? And we ask all those questions, just trying to figure out where are we on the line? Are we on God's side or are we on the other side? But the question is, however, are we called to live on this line? Or is there way more to faith than this? Did Jesus maybe come not to only bring salvation, to all who believe, but also to reveal the heart of the king. And this is what this series is about, the heart of the king. And so we have to ask the question, what is in the heart of the king? Well, some people say the Bible gives you an answer to everything in your life. Everything. But I'm not actually sure if that's right. But what I think the Bible does, it reveals the heart of the Father, the heart of God. And so maybe we're called not to live on this line, but to live above it. Maybe we are called to live in the cloud which represents the heart of the Father. And so as we go into this series, 
we always have to emphasize grace. Always. Ephesians 2 um, verses 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So the gospel, the essence of the gospel needs to be ex absolutely clear before we do anything like build upon that. We need to know that we are not saved by works, but by grace through faith. And so the intention of this series is that we are willing to live a life that is dedicated to following God's heart. And this is from a place of freedom, not of obligation. And the goal is not that we just understand these principles, but actually live by them. Not out of fear of punishment, but because it is God's design and therefore the best way to live. So let's go into the principles. Let's actually jump into the Word. Thank you for reading the scripture, but uh, I think at this point it would be good to read it again. Uh, we'll read it a few times throughout the sermon. So Jesus, talking to his disciples and many more people, he's saying, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Have you ever asked what it means to actually follow Jesus? Let me tell you a quick story. So there was this gang of, of thieves and they wanted to plan a jewelry heist. And they were absolutely confident. So we talked a few weeks ago about the spirits, uh, about the gifts of the spirit and if stealing things wasn't sin, they would probably be gifted by God to steal things. They were so good, okay? And they knew, they knew we can get into this jewelry store without setting off the alarm. They were just so confident. But here's the problem. The news would spread way too quickly to sell all the jewelry. So here's what they did. One night, they go into the jewelry store, didn't set off the alarm. Great job. And they, they take the cases of the expensive jewelry, take it off, and then they take off the, the cases of the cheap jewelry. And they take the labels of the expensive jewelry and swap it with the cheap jewelry. Put the cases back and they go out, didn't set off the alarm. A day, one day later, they just walk into the store and buy the cheap jewelry. <laughs> Absolute geniuses. Great. That's what they did, right? And I can only imagine the grins on their faces when they saw other people paying 5000 maybe $50,000 for jewelry that's worth 10 um, okay, maybe not 10 but let's say 50 or $500, right? And it gave them way more time to actually sell the jewelry. So the labels have been swapped, and I believe this is actually the problem that we have in Christianity, is that the labels have been swapped. We kind of just live the life everyone else lives, just in a Christianized way. We pursue all the things that everyone else pursues just with a Christian twisted. We might say grace before every meal. We might go to church every Sunday. We might go to home group on a weekday. But other than that, we kind of often just pursue the things everyone else pursues. And so Jesus says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we wear? What shall we drink? For the pagans run after all these things. I don't know what you believe about pagans. Maybe you know more than I do. But I always used to believe pagans are completely weird, unspiritual people. But actually, pagans believe in God. They pray to God. 
they talk to God. The difference, however, is that paganism is not a rejection of God so they can seek worldly things. Pagans rather seek worldly things via God. They pray to God in order to seek worldly things. And too often we ask questions like, God, if I do this, will you bless me? If I do this, can I do this, God? Can I have your blessing? Okay, cool. But maybe instead we need to ask questions like, Lord, what are you doing right now? And how can I bless you? And I believe the difference between pagan and a Jesus follower lies not within the fact whether they believe in God or not. It actually lies within the questions they ask. Lord, if I do this, will you bless me? Versus, Lord, what are you doing right now? And how can I bless you? And so that's why we need to swap the labels back and reteach Jesus' message of the kingdom first. So let's get into this principle. Um, so this is basically the principle. Chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Um, those of you who grew up kind of in, like in, in a Christian household, we kind of just grow up with this Christian language, and we, we, we talk about it all the time. We say, oh, Jesus, we lift him up to you. We do this, we, we do this. But actually, we have to clarify, what do these things actually mean? Um, what is the kingdom of God? So there's this Greek word called, um, I would just say, basileia. Um, I didn't study ancient Greek. But um, it basically means just royalty, rule, realm, and reign. And so the kingdom of God is basically what things are like if God, or let's say when God, is in charge. So let's have a little activity. Let's close our eyes for 30 seconds and ask ourselves the question, where can the kingdom of God be? So maybe just imagine your everyday life places. Imagine your local supermarket. Imagine your school, your university, your workplace. Imagine your home where you meet your family. Imagine your neighborhood. Imagine a coffee shop where you maybe meet up with friends or other places. And maybe even imagine the places where you meet the people that you don't really like that much. And now imagine how would things look if God was in complete reign, if God was completely in charge, and if things would just happen as things happen in heaven. Okay, we can open our eyes again. So if you make this vision your top priority in life, then you are seeking first. But what does seeking first actually mean? As I said, we kind of grow up in this Christianese language, right? Um, and to get out of this Christianese language, it's helpful to get into different translations. So the New Living Translation um, says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So seeking first actually just means seeking above all else. In all parts of our lives, God wants us to seek Him, His kingdom, and His dream above all else, above all our own pursuits, above everything else that we just want. But God wants us to seek Him above all else. Let's think back to the line in the cloud. 
we can kind of say there's people who are line dwellers and there's people who are cloud dwellers. Those who seek after the heart of the God would be considered um, a, a cloud dweller. And those who just focus so much on God's law, well, let's say they're line dwellers. And so a line dweller, maybe in terms of finances, would ask, now regardless of whether the command to give exactly 10% is still valid or not, they would ask, God, do I have to give 10% before I pay tax? Or do I have to give 10% after I pay tax? Right? But actually, if you seek the heart of the Father, the heart of the King, we would have to ask, Lord, how much can I give to advance your kingdom? How much can I give to support others and support building your kingdom? When it comes to relationships, in terms of partnerships, most of you are married and that's great, but um, maybe you have asked yourself this question, um, is, it, is, is he or she Christian? Do they go to church? But maybe we're more called to actually ask, will this person advance God's kingdom with me? And will this person seek the kingdom above all else together with me? Because maybe it's not a matter of going to church, but actually what's in your heart and actually what you want to do with God together. Let me tell you a quick story about, it's a quite well-known story about a professor standing in front of his class. He's, he, he has a transparent glass jar um, and he puts stones into the jar and he's standing in front of the class and he asks, so is the jar full now? And the students say, yeah, of course it's full. And so what he, what he does then is takes another glass of pebbles, fills it into the transparent glass jar. And then he asks the students again, is it full now? It's like, ah, oh, yeah, we see what you did there. Well, yeah, now it's full. Well, then he takes up another glass of sand, fills it into the transparent glass jar and says, is it full now? It's like, ah, oh, yeah, now it's full. And then he takes up another glass of water and fills it into the transparent glass jar. And he says, well, now it is full. But students, can you tell me what I've been trying to teach you? And, the, and like one funny student just jokingly says, well, no matter how busy you are, you can always fit in something else. Um, and the professor said, well, that's actually not what I've been trying to tell you. What I'm trying to teach you is, unless you put the big rock into the jar first, you will never fit it in at all. And Jesus' dream is like a big rock, okay? It's huge. It will happen. It will definitely happen. Jesus' kingdom, God's kingdom will come. But the question is, do we want to partner with him? And do we want to seek this kingdom first? Do we want to seek his dreams above all else together with him? Because we won't be able to fit it in and squeeze it in after we have first of all dealt with all our own problems. So God's dream must consume us really holistically, completely. And here's the great thing. God gives us a promise. We don't have to do those things alone. He gives us a promise. Um, and the great thing is that just really God is God. God is not a bank, not an insurance. God created the earth. He created us. He wanted us. He knew what we were, would be like before he even set the foundations of the earth. He knew our names. He knew that we would sit here right now. And we can put our whole trust in him. And Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. 
and His righteousness and I will give you everything that you need. Um, there were just a few months before I graduated from school, I wanted to know what am I going to do actually after school. I was like, yeah, cool, I'm going to do something for the Lord. Um, want to serve him and I found this organization in the south of Germany they do amazing Christian youth camps and the work would, would have been very simply I was like yeah I totally want to serve the Lord peeling potatoes just want to learn humility um, just want to learn how to serve the Lord in very very simple ways and so I flew down I even knew the person in charge she used to be my youth pastor so I was like yeah I have pretty good chances of them taking me and um, so I flew down um, had my interview um, and I had some trial days and I worked and I flew back and I was like, yep, pretty good. I have good chances of them taking me. Just one night later I received an email. I'm sorry Kai, but unfortunately we can't accept you. But we believe that God has a better place for you in store. But I, don't, I didn't want to believe that. I hated it. I was so angry with the organization. I was even angry at God. I was like, God, I, I thought I prayed about it and I thought you wanted me to come here. I don't know what to do anymore. But actually, God was just really gracious to me. Actually, God was just really gracious because if they had taken me, I wouldn't be standing here. I wouldn't be able to preach the word of God to you. And I wouldn't be able to spend so many amazing moments with young people and just walk with them, alongside them as they go and walk with God. So a few months or weeks in being in Australia, I was just like, God, thank you for being so gracious to me. And so the important thing of when we think about the promise that God gives us, sometimes God will hide things not from us, but for us, so that we can seek His kingdom and His dreams way better than we have imagined before. And well, what made this search about seeking a gap year spot so hard was actually that I was diagnosed with depression just a few months before that happened. And I thought about just being completely desperate and I thought about coming to Australia and I was like, God, how can I do this? What if my health insurance will not cover anything? What if I have to go to a clinic? What if I have to, um, what if I just won't make it through the year and have to come home? But then those thoughts came into my mind, well, wait a second. If God calls me to do it, then He will take care of me. And so then I was accepted and I was completely honest about my depression. I told the people and they still accepted me. I was like, sweet. Went to this conference in preparation for my mission trip, right? And we had this dorm with three other boys. We became really good friends. Um, two of them went to America. One of them came with me to Australia. Um, and we prayed on the last night. And I had this strong sense inside of me coming up, coming up. okay, tonight is the night that the depression should leave me. I feel like now it's time that I will be healed. And so, we just, were, we were just, it was probably midnight, everyone else was sleeping, we were just praying. They laid their hands on me and they prayed for me. And guess what happened? Nothing. <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> Absolutely nothing happened at this stage, okay? But here's what happened. I fly to Australia, just trusting that God will take care of me. I have no idea if He heals me or not, but what I know is that He would take care of me. Soon as I come to Australia, first two weeks were a bit rough mentally, but after that, I was a actually able to slowly get off my medication. And a few months later, 
I realized, wait, wait a second, where are all these thoughts? All these bad thoughts are not there anymore. And I was like, I think God healed me. I think God took care of me. And I actually didn't expect him to heal me at the beginning. I was like, well, I, I might just battle through it. I might just come through and kind of survive this. God will take care of me. But that he healed me was just an act of grace in the end. And so when we seek first, we can be assured that God will fight the battle for us. And that can be any battle. It might be a battle with mental illness or physical illness, but it can be a battle with and relationships with other people. It can be a battle with pressure that is placed upon you, anything. But we can be assured that when we seek first, that He will fight the battle for us. And so I just want to encourage you to ask, and encourage me as well, to ask yourself, is the kingdom of God actually the number one priority in my life? Am I seeking my own dreams first, or am I seeking God's dreams first? And if you're like me, a sinner, then the reality is that we didn't always seek God's kingdom first. Just a few weeks ago, I, I had this flashback moment in my life, and I looked back the past weeks, and I was like, God, what did I actually do? I totally forgot about your kingdom. I was so caught up in my own busyness. I was so caught up um, in all my problems and all my hardships that I totally forgot about actually pursuing what you pursue. But here's the great thing. Jesus died on a cross for us to forgive us, to give us eternal life and to make us righteous through Him and not ourselves. And so God is saying this morning, well, that's okay, my child. But He's also asking us this question, but will you make my dreams become your dreams from now on? And so as we wrap up, just to summarize those things, three points. God wants you and me to seek His kingdom and dreams above all else. That's His dream for us and the world. And if we don't put it first in our lives, it's never going to fit in at all. This has to be a number one priority according to Him. But He promises that He will give us everything that we need to fulfill his dreams. We don't need to do it alone because he is always with us and it's his dream. And whereas there's a vision, there will always be provision. And so let me pray for all of us. Um, Father, I thank you so much that you have sent Jesus down to die on the cross and to give us forgiveness, to give us salvation, to give us eternal life and that we can be sure in this salvation because of your Holy Spirit. But God, I thank you also that your word reveals your heart. And God, may we dive into your word to know what is in your heart. May we learn the principles that you have given us. And God, may you show us what your dreams are for our lives. We all have the same calling of seeking your kingdom first, but it looks so different for all of us. And so may you reveal that to us, Father. So we praise you this morning for your goodness and we praise you for your promises and these promises never fail. Would you bless every single person here, including me, as we try to pursue your dreams above our own dreams. And may you convict us all the time when we kind of lose you out of sight and out of focus. But may we always have you in front of us. So Lord, we praise you in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Mm.